All right, everyone. Welcome to episode three of Dude Where's My Nar podcast. We are with Don tonight, our third guest. Don is the executive director of The Right Direction. It's a nonprofit, and he's also involved with uh, Spoke Life Cycles. Super pumped to have him on. Also on here with Tyler, Maya, and Kyle. Uh, Kyle's probably the luckiest of all of us here because he gets to hang with Don in the in the basement of the bike shop and drink New England IPAs. Uh, <laughs> shout out from Massachusetts all the way to Ohio on that. Uh, welcome, Don. Thanks. Glad to be here. So, Don, I mean, start off, just tell us a little bit about like how Life on Two Wheels all started for you, and we'll get into there's a lot to get into. So I'm, I'm pretty pumped about this. Yeah. So for me, bike started obviously at an early age. Um, at like 10, I think I discovered my love for BMX and, uh, I was lucky to have hang out with some guys in the neighborhood that were older, that were already kind of going to the racetrack and stuff. So we started out racing BMX, you know, and that was gosh, mid seventies. So mid seventies started racing BMX um, that kind of grew into continued racing and then freestyle popped up in the eighties. So we jumped on that bandwagon too, and started freestyle. We started a, uh, freestyle team called tricks unlimited. Originally it was a way for us to, uh, I went to a Catholic high school it was a great way for us to get out of school. Cause we were doing demos at other schools and we actually did it so that we could get out of school to go hang out at other schools and ride bikes. <laughs> so we had three skaters, three bikers. And we would go around to schools and do demos. And it was amazing because the school's like, we love what you're doing. You're like an ambassador for the school. And we would like every week we would do two or three demos at schools and cut out for like three hours. It was amazing. <laughs> so I did that all the way until uh, I graduated high school um, in like the mid 80s. And um, I kept competing, racing BMX, doing freestyle competitions, flatland and ramp. And then, uh, you know, as you got towards the later 80s, we were riding for GT at the time and uh, BMX was starting to wane a little bit. So they're like, Hey, how would you guys like to try uh, mountain bikes? We'd like to keep you as part of the team, but BMX is just, you know, the racing parts, not getting crazy. Freestyle's kind of dying down. So we decided that we would give it a go because <clears throat> we all needed bikes for college. So we're like, Hey, at the worst, we'll go check it out. If you don't like it, we've got a bike for college. So we went to uh, a three day mountain bike event in Mansfield, Ohio called Gonzo mountain bike festival. And it was sponsored by Specialized back in the day. It was cool because they entered us in everything. So there was cross country, something called Scott Trials, which was a mix of trials and cross country riding, trials riding, bunny hop, dirt jump contest, uphill, downhill, and dual slalom. And we did it all. And I, and I think going in, we all had, I don't want to say we had a bad attitude about it, but we thought all mountain biking was with a bunch of guys wearing like we're ripping through the woods and we're like, all right, we're not into that. We want to do, we want to do fun stuff. We want to hang out session stuff. Once we got there and did it, it was awesome. Like the people were awesome. The scene was killer. The equipment seemed way more um, dialed in than what BMX equipment was at the time. Like, you know, everything went together well, came apart well, didn't break. So once we kind of got in there and I started competing, I was like, man, I really love, dual slalom and I really love trials because it kind of melds both uh, BMX and um, you know freestyle events so trials was pretty killer I ended up getting really progressive with trials and I did that for the longest time I would go we would ride the Norman National Circuit and um, 
kind of worked my way up from intermediate and then finally to pro come, you know, mid nineties. And then in 96, um, you know, I did really good at the U S championships and we got picked to go. They picked the top 10 from each country and we got to go do an exhibition event in Atlanta, Georgia, which was cool. And the opening and closing ceremonies were motion. So they had a bunch of skaters, riders, um, big ceremony, did an exhibition event on stone mountain. It was cool. They had a bunch of obstacles painted up like every country's flag. And, you know, we went out and did an exhibition event. And we also did some demos at schools and for the news and stuff. We were kind of like the monkey with the symbols for mountain biking because we were that tangible piece of mountain biking that you could take to a news, you know, showroom and, you know, jump and hop on stuff. So it was pretty fun. So we did. It was a super cool experience. And after that was over, I was living in Cleveland at the time I moved back and I came back from Atlanta um, one of the guys I worked for at the bike shop was like, Hey, you want to come back? We're going to franchise the bike shop. Let's ride some of this publicity you got. And, um, the, uh, some of the kids that we had worked with were, were interested in also starting a club. So BGSU got a hold of us and they're like, Hey, let's, we want to start a cycling team, both road and mountain. So I came back and started a road and mountain bike team. Um, and that's kind of what pulled me back into this area. And then if you fast forward, you know, if you fast forward into like 2010, <clears throat> over the years, I'd always work with a bunch of different kids and different people to get them involved in cycling. That's how the right direction got started, which is a nonprofit youth development program that uses action sports to teach kids life skills. And we also increase exposure to action sports so that kids can get a chance to try everything. So first on the docket was mountain biking, trials, riding, and then we also started BMX. So it was a cool way to kind of start the nonprofit and give everybody a voice that's into cycling, which kind of at the time was a lot of BMX and skateboarders that were getting bad raps and we were trying to get skate parks built. So the right direction was a great platform to stand on for people to realize that kids actually have a voice and can make a difference in a positive difference in the community um, when they all get together and, you know, want to do their sport. So and that's kind of where we are now. And that's branched off, obviously, into a whole bunch of other stuff. But that's the gist of it. Nice. So you've been doing this a while, to say the least. Yeah, I'm in my mid-50s now. So I've been doing it for, you know, 45 years. <laughs> nice. at, at any point, did you think or know, like, you know, I, I want to be a pro. Uh, I'm going in this direction. It's going to no. happen. No. No. You know, I just did it because it was fun. Okay. But what was cool is for trials, it's like the progression. What can you do? And in, in trials, as you kept moving up, the obstacles got harder. So realistically, it's like anything else. Once you progress to a certain point and you get so many wins or points, they bump you up to the next level. So right. it just kind of happened. I mean, early on, I would just get waxed. You know, I remember going, once I turned pro for trials, I had to ride pro and everything else. So I remember showing up to Norman Nationals on like my climb that I had and uh, we would race dual song. And I'm like, wow, like I'm, you know, I'm racing like John Tomac and all these other guys. So I'm like, what's going on? And Brian Lopes and stuff. And I'm like, Pfft. so it was funny. But in trials, I kind of found my stride and, you know, I kept going at it. So it was cool. You know, it's like anything else. It's like, it's a journey, right? So right. the friends that you make, especially on my bike, like the people that I've met, the places that I've gone, none of it would have happened if it wasn't for the bicycle, you know? So it really carried me. So I didn't have any intentions. And it's funny because I didn't really think about it till I had my first daughter. So 1996 rolls around. I have my first daughter. And at the time, my wife's like, you know what? We're done traveling across the country for like nine months. 
you can't be gone for nine months while you're racing and ripping around the country when you start to have kids. So I had to pull it back. And, you know, at that point I realized, I'm like, man, I really kept going with this, but you know, you realize at a certain point, you can only stay riding at that level for so long. So starting, starting the program was cool um, because we go around and do demos at schools and exhibitions. So I still got to ride um, and do the things that I liked, maybe a little bit more controlled. And we got to expose people to some of these sports that have never seen it before. So going into schools, I mean, imagine, imagine you're like in kindergarten through 12th grade and you've got like guys showing up at your school with like ramps and quarter pipes and trials boxes and all these cool obstacles. And it was neat. We would literally bring like a mini X games to schools because they would get to see trials like dirt jumping BMX. So it was, so, it was neat. So it's funny you say that. Cause I, I was like, you know, middle school, I don't know how old you are, like 11 or 12 and God, that had to be early 2000s, right? So I'm 33, so early 2000s, and we were all in middle school. Couple, me and some of my buddies rode BMX, and we're, like, super into it, whatever. And one day, you know, like, a surprise. Nobody said anything was happening. They were just like, come to the gym, right? <laughs> and it was exactly what you just said. They had Ram set up, and, and we walked in, we were like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> It was like paradise and the whole, it, it was the coolest thing I've probably ever done in school. It, so to hear you doing that a ton is awesome. Cause it, I, re, I remember it vividly to this day. It's cool. We would love doing that. We had, and we have so many characters on our, on our demo team. It's hilarious, but like we would bring a DJ in mixing music and playing stuff, get everybody hyped. I got to do that's my media director, Matt Bowley. And that dude's like, flavor flavor of mountain biking like the dude can just grab a microphone and just get everybody <laughs> you know and we would pull kids out of the crowd and like bunny hop them and backflip them and stuff it's funny because when i was in high school when i was in high school the opposite thing happened when i was in high school i played football and we played and uh i rode bmx and the people like the coaches and everything the school's like hey we're having the pep rally you guys set up your ramps. Let's do a demo for the pep rally. And we'll have you like jump in the cheerleaders and the other football guys and stuff. So everybody was so into it. They wanted to incorporate the crazy BMX stuff. Cause this is like, you know, 1980 through like 1984, right? Like perfect rad time and all that stuff. I mean, it was hilarious. And you look now and everyone's like, what, what's that kid doing on that bike? I don't know. But <laughs> it was pep, pep rally. I've never heard. Yeah. Of it was yeah. insane. <laughs> it was absolutely crazy. And it was, you know, it was that, that how we kept going even after, like when I got to college, I'm like, shit, I'm not going to stop doing this. Let's just keep getting after it. So I went to college here at BG and, you know, to play lacrosse. And when I started working at the bike shop, we, I'm like, let's, I'm like, listen, we have a great opportunity to promote the bike shop by going to these schools and doing demonstrations, you know? And he's like, well, I would go before and talk about safety in this. And then I'm like, yeah, nobody, nobody cares about that. <laughs> nobody wants to hear you talk about reflectors and let's turn left, you know, and all this stuff. I'm like, that's cool, but nobody pays attention. I'm like, now we bring some ramps in and have kids start jumping and jumping over their teachers and stuff. Now everybody's going to pay attention. I'm like, we make some cool stickers and throw them out to the kids. I'm like, they're going to put those things on their books. And I laugh because we did something really cool. We designed these pretty rad, like coloring pages, right? For like middle school and grade school kids. You know, they were just like a cool page. And we just had somebody draw up like a bunch of guys jumping and doing trial stuff. And then you had to color it. But at the bottom, 
we would get sponsors that would pay for all of our equipment. And we would have these coupons at the bottom of the coloring book page and they would have dates on them. So they'd have to keep this coloring book page on the refrigerator because the kid did it, but it had these also cool coupons for like, I don't know, like Smucker sponsored us one year. We did stuff and stuff for Pepsi and stuff for the, for the bike shop. So it was like the hook, like we were like Mountain Dew, like you love sugar. You're going to love this. So we were just, we were just finding creative ways to be like, man, how can you just like, no one's ever heard of bike trial stuff, but kids love it. Like, what do we do? How do we get them to come to the bike shop? And at one time here in Northwest Ohio, we had so many kids into trials and hyped about it that when we would go to local contest or even to nationals, we would bring like 15 or 20 kids that could slay every category, you know, beginner, intermediate, and, you know, an expert and pro. And it was, it was insane. So it was really cool. We gave a lot of kids a chance to get out of their own environment. Kids have never left town and go to these different places to have these experiences. And that's really, that's that all those experiences are what springboarded us to want to do or me to want to start the program and make it like a nonprofit, you know, again, take it up one more level. So people would be like, all right, they're a nonprofit. They went through some hoops. They seem like a pretty legitimate program. And now, you know, we're looking at going on our 12th year. So now we have a little bit of clout. Like everyone's like, oh, these guys aren't just like a bunch of monkeys with the symbols hopping around on bikes and doing stuff. You know, they actually have a good cause and getting everybody involved. So it's been cool. I was actually looking at some videos that you have and you sent us uh, the yeah. email. Oh my God. I saw the kids. It was like probably a hundred plus kids. Yeah. And they were all so happy looking at the BMX guys just jumping the ramp. And I'm like, they were like screaming. And every time the guy did something cool, like a backflip or something, they were like exaggerating it. Like, like, oh my God, it was so cool. Like to Mm -hmm. see all those little kids like interested in that. And there were a lot of kids. It was. You don't want to be the teacher after the assembly because everybody's amped. So I don't want to be... (laughs) Down. but yeah it would be it would literally be it would be electric is how it would be because the kids all want to see it like anytime you go do a demo a kid's always yell backflip backflip you know, there right. could be guys doing way harder tricks like i don't see a backflip and, and the, the thing is that some of these kids they've never seen anything like this before no. and it's like oh my god that's the first impression it would be like i want to do that mm-hmm. that's awesome it's cool because a lot of those schools we did demos at, we would offer we would offer after school programming, and some of that was taking the kids out to mountain bike trails and and bringing bikes, letting them ride them. Some of it was bringing bikes in a stand, um, and showing them how to fix a flat repair bike. And we did USA BMX has a program with um, a, a STEM program where kids learn how to build a bike from the frame up and all the parts put together. And it was cool. We break them up into stations and do it. So a lot of kids came up to us afterwards or went to their school, the teacher or the principal and said, Hey, I'm really into this. Like what else can we do with these guys? And we would try to find different programs to get them to interact, you know, both to use their skills and kind of think about what's going on. Um, and two, to let them experience the actual sport. So whether we had them on BMX bikes or mountain bikes, you know, or we took them to a BMX track or a pump track, everybody gets to experience something. And, you know, if just one or two kids latch onto it, it's awesome because that's just one more person you get pushed into uh, cycling that gets to try it out that likes it. I mean, it's a, it's a healthy choice. It gives you something else to do in a time with everybody's on their phones. Everything's digital. I mean, before mm-hmm. I was little, 
your bike was your freedom. You know, you couldn't wait to learn how to ride without training wheels. So you could rip more than down your driveway, you know? Um, and I, re- I mean, I vividly remember being old enough to ride and have my BMX bike. My mom's like, yeah, don't go out of this area. I remember getting on the phone and calling. I'm going to pay for my, like, Hey, I'm in, uh, I'm in like Painesville. And it was like three towns over from where we grew up in Manor. And she was like flipping out. She's like, there's no way you're there. She's like, it's like 15 miles away. I'm like, yep, I'm here. So don't worry about me. I'm good. And I would hang up and I would come back. And I started doing that every day. Just before so, the lights went off. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and now, you know, kids have video games. Kids have their phones. So it's such a social digital world. And everyone's, you know, everyone's so worried about what they're going to post up here and there. And, you know, how their persona is on a social media space that... It's not like getting out and doing this stuff. I'm not saying that people don't do it anymore, but it's you really have to work harder, I think. And everybody has to be an advocate to get more people involved, you know, and whether it's, you know, people in your community, I don't care if it's kids, adults, whoever, more people you can get out, the better it is, you know. And I think, I think especially as we look at, you know, we've made a pretty big push in our program to get a lot of women out. We've changed what we do at our program to get more women involved. So I, I always like it when, other female cyclists are out there and they're helping push getting other people out there and saying, listen, this is, this isn't difficult. Like I'll show you a couple of things and it's easy. We'll ride at your pace. We'll get you in there. And then it becomes kind of like a club and everybody just wants to be involved. So that kind of advocacy makes a huge footprint in what we're doing. And at the end of the day, I don't care what your accolades are, or what you did. Like if you help get someone involved in a healthy sport, like cycling, mountain biking, I don't care what it is. That's, that's a huge win. And once you get into it, you know how stoked you get. I mean, how pumped are you go ride and you're like, hey, I just did that a little bit faster. Damn, I nailed that berm. Or, man, I'm <laughs> pumping this now. I'm hitting the whole thing. And it's little things. I mean, in, in, in an industry where guys are doing double backflips and all this crazy stuff, you're like, man, it's the little things when you're out there that are impressive. And it's cool because I get stoked every time I go out and I do something that I used to be able to do or I do something I haven't done in a while. Or I learned something new. I'm like, this is awesome. And I love when I go out and other people kind of get infected like that and they're like i love this this is amazing like i can't believe you showed me how to do this like with our right direction program i teach mountain bike camps and i've been doing that since early 90s you know when uh they had the norva circuit going on they had us come on board to help teach the pros before they turn went from expert to pro because a lot of them their basic skills were horrible nobody knew you know good foot forward their weight was all over the place I mean, it was amazing the things they didn't know. So to go out and teach that to people, like I started out instructing police and SWAT and fire and doing all them because they were destroying themselves with their techniques were so poor. It was ridiculous. I remember rewriting their training manual and going to these like three week events. And I'm like, this is insane. I'm like, you guys are destroying your bikes. You're getting hurt. These are the most horrible techniques I've ever seen in my life. And we helped write the Apimba manual and kind of redo it. So it was pretty sick to come in and do that. So when so that's why I couldn't get away from that guy on the trail. Yeah, see, now he knows. <laughs> but going out and being able to teach those camps and clinics, I mean, when we do mountain bike camps, I mean, we can have 20 or 30 people in a camp, and we separate kids from adults different days. And it's amazing, especially when we start doing stuff like, like we do the basics, and we get a lot of people out for that. Cornering, braking, climbing, shifting, um, but when it comes time to like manuals, bunny hops and jumping, dude, it's insane. People come out of the flipping woodwork. I had a 74 year old woman show up to our jumping camp 
with a hybrid bike and we put her on a mountain bike for the first time. Oh my God. And she's like, I want to take her through every camp. I took her through every camp. She took some bales. I'm like, she didn't break a hip. Oh. She didn't break a hip. She learned she could, she could ride like about a four foot wheelie. She could bunny hop six inches and she was jumping. I have a jump that kind of goes up and then tapers down to a landing. So you can't case or anything. It's really good because it almost makes you jump even if you don't do it, but it gives you the feeling of clearing the top. And dude, amped. She was pumped up, you know, and now she rides nonstop is crazy, you know? So you see that and you're like, dude, it doesn't matter how old you are, where your skill level is. She came in riding a hybrid bike, dude. It was like a female version of Pee Wee Herman jumping on a bike. You're like, what? <laughs> she was amped. And she, the first time she fell, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. So I'm like, hold my breath. Like what happened? She got up, brushed it off, man. And, sat, and, and cool. Like the confidence that we see get built at these camps makes it super worthwhile. And I don't care if we had one kid show up to a camp at a time, it's always worthwhile. And that's always the stoke that everybody's got to bring. Like every time you go out and arrive, like that's, we always feel like that. Yeah. Even if you, even if you have kids, like, like just one person, just being able, I know myself personally, like there's, there's friends that I work with or people that I work with, or just friends that I just, just see me ride or the things that I post and, you know, being able to take one of those people and infecting those people. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, there's a girl that was recently added to our group, uh, like small group that we ride with and she's never ridden a mountain bike a day in her life. We, mm -hmm. a month later, we have her jumping already. I know. It's so cool. It's, it's nice to infect someone like that. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, I can't believe I've never done this. And stuff that they don't think they can do. And it's funny how, I mean, even in your own mind, when you see stuff, you're like, oh, I'm never trying that. But when someone pushes you a little bit and kind of shows you how right. to do it and it's easy, I mean, jumping is a big thing. You know, there's some technique to it, but a lot of it's just in your head. You know, you're yeah, like, your well, that jumps, that jump's set up there to send me the right way. And whoever made this made it good enough so I can land. I just got to figure out the timing part. Right. You know, like my, I saw your, I saw your videos of you jumping and stuff. I'm like, all right, that's, that's badass. You know? <laughs> Thank you. You know, coming off body position, landing nice and smooth. But how do you do that and not smile the entire time? You're <laughs> Now when you do it and that's what's that's what's awesome you know when we do this stuff and all you see is people smiling you're like dude i'm super stoked and who knows where that could lead to you know maybe that saves that person's life because they would have led an unhealthy lifestyle maybe they're going to get their kids involved maybe they're going to go on to race and become you know make it part of their lifestyle you never know they could do a million things but it's cool what you could have set into play just from that just from taking a little bit of time trying to hustle it up and get some people involved. And it's cool because I think as a mountain bike community, I think bike shops do a great job. I think some of them could do better jobs, you know, like around here, we've had trails forever, but it really took a long time to get mountain bike trails in it. Cause everybody thought I was going to, you know, blow up the trail or it's going to ruin the parks or this and that. But once you can get out there and kind of, you know, give people some knowledge of really what's going on and push it, you can make some pretty big things happen. I mean, we went from nothing in this area to having, 12 miles of pretty cool trails. We're pretty geographically challenged, but it's a cool trail. You know, we're an hour away from a lot of really badass trails. We have the largest pump track in the world right now in Rudolph, Ohio with a bike park. And we have another <laughs> park in at Oak Openings where we're at. And we're going to add another pump track. So that's nuts. You know, I never Don, had to that. Don, you were part of uh, getting that off the ground, right? That the largest one there? Mm -hmm. So we started a project with Wood County Parks, man, about two and a half years ago. 
and we proposed it to the parks. And really what kind of got them set off on it was the fact that our program, The Right Direction, would come in. And we're like, listen, we will offer free programming for you guys. And I was already doing it with them, but we were making our own obstacles. And I'm like, but hey, if you if you commit to this project and we will obviously help fundraise for it, we're like, we would love to continue our relationship with you and provide this free program because they know that they will get, you know, funding and stuff. And at the end of the day, it's good for the community. The spot, the place that we put it in has a median income so low that you feel bad for almost the people there. So we were stoked that we put it in and the kids that live in that area now have a place to go and ride. So it's neat. So yeah, so we got it started. We built it. We didn't know at the time it was going to be the largest one in the country, let alone the world. And as we started making use of our space, you know, we were doing it. The guys from Pump Tracks USA were the ones who actually built it. And we volunteered, went out there and helped. Um, they were like, holy shit, this thing could be massive. And we ended up really taking advantage of our space. And we were adding features in that you've never seen at other pump tracks, like crazy berm on berm and shark fin features. It was pretty badass. So we got it approved. We opened it up. Like I would say from the time we broke ground four months later, the park was ready to rip last October. We still have to finish. We have a jump line and a drop off line that we're going to asphalt. That'll hopefully get done by spring at the latest. But I mean, it's been open since last year and that's where we do our programming. We got a, we have a mountain bike camp that we'll be doing tomorrow there. So I think it's our last youth camp of the year. So we'll be doing that. So it's, it's cool. And again, like our program helping partner, with other entities makes this kind of viable because they didn't know anything about bike parks or pump tracks, you know, but when they hear they could have a project going in and we would basically oversee it, design it, help build it, and then come in and offer programming from it. They don't have to do anything. We basically do all the work. So for them, that's just something else they can offer. And the feather in their cat and be like, yeah, look at this. We have this. So it's pretty sick. If you're ever up in this area, you have to check it out. Cause it's, it's legit. Yeah, it's making it's called, me want to show Rudolph. up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just got a dirt jumper this week, and I haven't rode a pump track yet. So really? hearing That's, all this. You're going to love it. Yeah. <laughs> go to Ray's. And if you go to Ray's, you got to come by us because you just got on your way. And you better pick me up, too. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> yeah. man. <laughs> what, what was that bike that you got, Tyler? I think Don would like to hear what bike that was. Yeah, I got a GT La Bamba. Uh, oh yeah rigid yeah how'd you get that that's like hard to find um i i got it from dancecomp.com right (laughs) yeah super super easy and it was uh the right price since it's rigid so uh yeah yeah super excited i i've been riding it like every day (laughs) just in the driveway and stuff one of our employees that spoke life rides for gt uh david lee and he's uh he rides La Bamba. Nice. That's he does slope style on the world tour. And actually, I think he just just finished up doing the proving grounds, Red Bull proving grounds. They got eighth place. This was last week. Nice. That's wild. So, nice. He's a big GT advocate. We obviously sell GT at our store. So we're always pumped to hear the good times are rolling with them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. You go to raise. You got to swing by. Is there any pump track close to you? Uh, there's. I know they're building one in Madison, which is like a couple hours, and there is one in uh, La Crosse. Um, that's also a couple hours, so I can make a day out of it. But it's not, you know, it's not something I can do during the week or anything. Um, 
Sounds like you need a weekend trip to raise and you got to stop here on your way out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it'd be super fun. The pump track down here in Rudolph is awesome. Like just being able to ride that when it first opened, even though it was, you know, just utterly cold when it opened, you just still got your yeah. butt out there. You bundled up. You, sure. you literally, it helps you progress. It really does. Like, uh, like he's saying, you know, just shark fin on shark fin or berm, berm to berm back to back. And, you know, you can just, I can, I can transfer that now. I, mm-hmm. you know, I never thought I would have the opportunity. And then that, you know, that gives me that confidence out on the trail. And like, like, like Don was saying, you know, we're, we're, we're challenged in our area. So having something like that is, is very nice too. So, and we built this cater to bigger wheel bikes. So we didn't necessarily cater it to 20 inch bikes. So you can do it, but we widened everything up. So dirt jump bikes and even 27.5 mountain bikes can rip it. Hey, I've ripped it on my 29. You can, there's enough, there's plenty that you can. And the transfer lines are endless. You know, we have an advanced loop with an intermediate loop right up against it. So there's plenty of places to transfer berm to berm, straightaway to straightaway, triple to double. It's a, it's just endless possibilities. Yeah, it's also fun. <laughs> it is. Oh, so yeah. I'm going to have to book a flight or, or a trip yeah. up there. Like, oh, my God. You got room and board. So if you guys are here, <laughs> let me know. Yeah. We got, uh, we got three extra bedrooms here, too. I got a whole upstairs with three master suites, and all my kids are gone. So. Cool. We can put you up. Nice. Yeah, it's like I'm only five minutes away maybe 10 yeah. minutes probably and then from here cleveland's only like you know hour and 45 from here to hit raise so you make like a cool. weekend of it yeah for sure i think i'm 10 hours out something like that last time i looked some central wisconsin too yeah. far dude that's a haul you need to you need to get get your pilot's assessment and fly over I'm in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. oh, can't you get like a, like a get like a, a Delta sponsorship or something and have them whip you around? You know? Yeah, yeah. Come on, Tommy. Let's let's do this. What are we trying to? You know, we need Delta. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah well, well, I mean, I think Spirit Airline would probably sponsor us. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, going to plane where the seats fall. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> I like it. Uh, I I want to touch on kind of what you were saying. Um, you know, we, we talked about this a little bit before, but you partnering with communities, towns, cities and, and whatnot and and like how that's affected your organization and allowed you to do some of the things you've done. And then also uh, the life skills part of it. Right. You're not only teaching, you know, bike skills or and, and again, we've been talking mostly about like BMX and mountain biking. But but your organization goes far beyond that with action sports. Um, mm-hmm. But but the life skills part of it was was huge for me to hear and how you yeah. kind of use that to to help communities and stuff and and build you know courage and strength in, in young individuals so to speak. Mm-hmm. So that whole part of it's cool. We we try to find ways to help kids that have deficiencies you know, in time management, organization, or communication skills. We feel like those are the three things that, you know, if you can get those dialed in, you're in pretty good shape. You know, if you can talk to somebody eye to eye, I feel like that's a skill that most kids don't have. You know, if you can be organized and set a schedule and follow it, 
you're in the mix. And then if you can get all those things done in a timely manner, you know, you're even better off. So I'll take, for example, when we started, one thing we started to kind of put everything we do in together in cumulation was we started a contest series at a local skate park. And we would do skateboards, scooters, BMX. We would have three classes, beginner, intermediate, and advanced. Um, top three in each class would get like an award, like, like trophies. We would make, make first, second, and third place trophies. And when we first did the first contest, it was crazy because we had kids that came up to us and they're like, you know, I've got three brothers or I have two sisters and they play sports and I don't play sports. And this is the first award that I've won that I get to put like on the family mantle or whatever. And we realized we're like, holy crap, that's a, that's a big thing, you know? So not only do we create a place where these kids can find some type of legitimacy because we mirrored everything off of the next games contest. Like we were making like, I mean, I've got like these crazy metal awards and they're like three, eight cuts TRD logos on medallions. I mean, dude, they're really, it's like a flipping weapon, but <laughs> kids wanted, they wanted trophies. And so once that one kid came to us, we're like, shit, we have to have trophies at every event we do because this is kind of a big deal. And we're not there to give everybody awards. We're there to have the kids work for what they want to do. And the way we would structure it is they would get two, you know, 40 second to one minute runs and their best run counted. So they had to work at it and practice it, their runs on their own. What we did with a lot of the kids that maybe weren't as athletic, but really liked what we were doing and wanted to be a part of it, we would include them in and kids that were maybe poor communicators, we would have them help announce on the microphone and kids that maybe had poor organization or time management skills or even communication. Again, we would have them come out with us in the community and be like, Hey, this is what we're doing. We're trying to get sponsors. We give us some, you know, some free pizzas or we can we get this gift card from you to do whatever. Um, and we would get them involved that way with the community. So people could kind of see, Hey, these kids that are doing this are really involved. We would also make the kids come up with, you know, what do you want to have this contest be for? Cause we're not just doing anything just to do it. We have this soapbox. What do we do? So I told the kids, I'm like, Hey, you can pick a cause every time we have a contest and we would have two or three contests every single month, starting in May, all the way to October. Um, so a lot of times the kids would pick like, Hey, we want to, let's do stuff. The humane society needs things. So in order to enter the contest, they would have to bring an item that the humane society needed. And then like a couple of days after the contest, the kids would come over to my house and I would drive them out to the humane society with all this stuff. And I'd be like, all right, you're going to give it to them. And we would do the same with food. Like we would get food for local food pantries. And I'm like, all right, you guys are going to take this to the food pantries and you're going to see outside of your little bubble what's going on. And it's cool because a lot of kids are like, this is amazing. Like, I like what we're doing. Let's do more. And I'm like, all right, I want you to go to local businesses and have them put up a box. And let's see, let's make businesses compete against each other to who can give us the most items to our cause each month. So it became like a frenzy. It was really cool. There was like a competition among local businesses to see who could collect more stuff. And the kids were all hyped on it. And by having the kids go to the churches, to the food pantries, to the humane society, to whatever it was, you know, in the wintertime, coats for kids, toys for tots, whatever it would be, it was neat to watch those kids go out and do this on their own and then be hyped about it when they realized, hey, outside of my bubble, there's, there's kids that are, are, don't have it off, don't have it as good as me. What can we do to help? You know, when you're a little kid, you don't think about that. I didn't think about that when I was younger. Like, I was worried about me and that's it, you know? So it's cool to see some of these kids kind of realizing there's more to life than them 
and they can make a difference doing the things that they like within the community that has rewards. You know, we built the skate park. Most skate parks, you don't ever see get added on. The, the community was so stoked on what we did. Like one guy just like, hey, what does the skate park need? I'm like, oh, we need like a mini. He's like, here's 30K for a mini. Boom, we put in a concrete mini and did it in there. So it's neat. So we got that. Like our skate park is immaculately clean, no graffiti. Kids look out for each other. They help younger kids. They kind of talk to them about skate etiquette and stuff. And then the, also the kids in our program, as far as the life skills goes too, we make those kids that are involved but younger, trying to keep them on pace, we have them write curriculums to teach camps in the summer. So we try to teach kids, call it skateboard, scooter, and BMX camps. We do like a four or five day camp, two hours a day, and we charge like 35 bucks. You know, and that goes for the parks, basically insurance. So these parents can drop their kids off and they basically get either expert or pro level instruction for two hours for a whole week. And these kids write the curriculum and there I have, I mean, sometimes I have autistic kids in there that they have to work with. So massive patience. Um, and then a lot of those kids do so well, like we become like a little breeding ground or a hiring ground for like local camps, like Ohio dreams. We would send our junior instructors to there to become instructors. Same with Woodward. I've got like four or five kids there now that have been there for almost two, well, almost a full year that are instructors out there. So it's cool that we're giving kids, kids options, um, where their skills are needed and they can continue to kind of spread what they've learned. So it's neat. Like you get all, we get a bunch of kids. We also help kids like write resumes. So it's funny. Kids are like, I want to get a job at the ice cream place, you know? And I'm like, all right. I said, before you go ask and fill out their deal, let's, let's sit down and put a little resume together for you. And they're like, what the hell is a resume? You know? So I'm like, they're like, I haven't done anything. I'm like, all right, well, listen to this. I said, you're like 15. I'm like, you wrote a curriculum, you presented it to the parks, you got it approved. And you've instructed camps now for two years and you've worked with kids anywhere from five to 18 and some of them special needs kids. I'm like, that is massive. I said, you showed up on time, you know, and I'll write you a letter of reference with it too. So I give the kids a letter of reference and then this resume, and then they're able to present that in and get it. So it's cool because we, the kids in our program now within the communities we rely or we operate in, you know, they expect a certain level from these kids. Like if they're sponsored by us or we give them, you know, they're wearing the arrow on them. It, it, it carries a degree of responsibility. Like if you're on our demo team or a program or doing stuff with the contest, if your grade slip, if you're not getting at least a C average, you're sitting on the sidelines, you know? And if you do need help at school, we will provide and help stick, like attach you with your high school's tutors and stuff to get help if you need it. You know, we're even there when simple kids, you know, before there gets to be any kind of issue, it's like the parents are like, hey, the, the kid doesn't respect what I'm saying. He doesn't listen to me. I'm like, all right. I'm like, we have the hard talks with him. We're like, listen, quit being an ass. You have two jobs. Get good grades or get your grades, whatever at least your parents are setting for you and, and pay attention to what your parents tell you. That's it. Like, that's all you have. Moving forward, everything get, it gets more. You're going to have more responsibilities. More stuff's going to be on your own. So sack it up and let's figure it out. So we'll have those discussions with kids where a lot of the parents won't, you know, or they won't pay attention to parents because they're not, whether they're, they're not dangling like the bicycle or BMX ring in front of me or the skateboard or the scooter. So that's how we uh, try to try to push some life skills in that area. And then other sports we're in, like, you know, we do wakeboard is huge with us. Um, we've got a great wakeboard director staff. So we do a lot of instruction and training and mostly that is there to get kids exposed to another sport that they couldn't because, you know, wakeboard boats are like, 
150 plus thousand dollars and equipment's like another couple K. So we provide them with the necessary equipment so they can try all the sports that we offer. But wakeboarding is huge. Um, and a lot of the kids from other sports even cross over in that just to try different things. Cause we always promote to everybody like, listen, I know you like, I know you like BMX or I know you like mountain bikes or this, but try everything, do it all. You know, don't limit yourself to one thing. So we did that. Then we have a motocross program, which is pretty killer. You know, our guys, you know, really work to advocate new kids going out and riding bikes for the first time. So everything we do focus on the youngest kids possible, but we don't ignore anybody because we always want to help kids perpetuate through their progression. You know, if we notice kids are good at a young age, at any action sport that we see, we're like, sweet, come with us to this event. Come with us to this demo. Um, I remember having five-year-old kids show up at our bike demos that couldn't ride up the ramp. And now they're like seven and eight and clearing the box jump, which is like six foot tall and like 10 foot top. You know, so stuff that I'm like, dude, I wasn't doing that until I was like a senior in high school hitting stuff that big, you know, and now you're launching it. But by giving them those experiences in all those different sports, especially where the equipment normally is out of reach. Sometimes if parents just see the kids are taking a liking to something and they and they commit to it, then the parents are willing to invest. You know, like motocross is intense. You have a few grand to get a bike and then get it out to a track and then have the equipment. But then to be able to come out and get on something and try it. I mean, we just got done doing a mountain bike camp with a program called the program that works with young kids who maybe don't have the best parental guidance, you know, or are missing a parent. <clears throat> and he kind of helps teach them how to be adults, kind of like what we do. But we will work with them and get his kids to experience different things, you know, like the mountain bike camp we did this last weekend. Um, and, you know, it's super, super cool to be able to extend action sports to parts of your community or, you know, different counties in this area to get a chance to try it. And, and our program, typically our program touches between 2,500 and 3,500 kids a year, you know, so we have a lot of reach, especially when we're doing school stuff and after school stuff, that's a big part of it, but we're all inclusive. Everything we do is basically free unless we have some insurance involved, but we try to offer everything for free. You know, our wakeboard camps have a little bit of cost in it because there's fuel and insurance, but everything's inexpensive. Like if you were to come to one of our $30 wakeboard camps, you're getting lunch, you're getting a t-shirt, you're getting instruction, you're on a boat. And that's, that's, that's pretty worth it. You know, we're not doing it to make cash. We're doing it to spread the advocacy of teaching kids life skills through action sports. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. the only thing that I regret <laughs> of all this, it's like, I think we can all watch for this, not starting sooner. True. Like, you started 10 years. I wish I started that young. I think the only thing that I started was several crashes that my yeah. parents were like, uh, you're not going downhill anymore. <laughs> because <laughs> at, at six years old i was like in in this bike with two training wheels going downhill and obviously i crashed so they were scared for me so. yeah, that's, all part, that's all part of it. you know i get it i i will say though i've had some people especially when we started offering adult camps i've had people that came into it you know in their 
mid thirties and mid forties. And they were like, I can't do any of this stuff. I'm too old for this. And then I would tell them how old I was. And I'm like, listen, there's, it's all in your head. Like you can do it. And most of these people are in pretty good shape, you know? And I'm like, yeah, you, you'd be really surprised. And I'm like, you don't, it's not hard. And that's, it's, it, you have to get over that hurdle. It's like everything else. Like I would lie to you if I said I was never nervous or scared the first time I tried anything. I mean, the first time you go to a trail, you're cautious. You take it real easy until you kind of figure the lay of land and you start attacking it a little bit harder. But, you know, once you let people know, and I tell that to all the guys in our program, especially all the pros, all the expert kids, I'm like, listen, I'm like, maybe this came easy for you, but it doesn't come easy for everybody else. Mm-hmm. So you have to be very aware of the people you're dealing with. And remember, I'm like, you, you are a walking resume. You're a walking representation of yourself. So if you treat it like that and you're really pumped on the sport you're involved in and you become, you know, you champion that sport and really kind of share your love of it to everybody and how much you want everybody to get involved in, like that will shine and you will, you will be very pleased at the outcome when you're done. And I've been amazed at some of the kids. I mean, when I was growing up, I had zero patience. I still pretty much have zero patience, but I've been tested. It's better. I've had kids that like used to get pissed doing doing a trick and like huck their bike all over the place. I'm like, listen, I'm like, you cannot throw your bike at the skate park in front of a bunch of freaking little kids that you were doing demos in front of stuff. I'm like, you're better than that. You got to figure something like, so get it under control. And a lot of these kids I thought would never curb it, you know, curbed it. And then even too, like, well, we've got some older kids. I have kids on our demo team that are now hitting their thirties. You know, and some of these kids, their social media when it first started was like, you know, it was like L.A. party scene. I'm like, dude, you got to curb some of this. Like, what is going on? You know, I'm like, you have to be mindful. Like, if you want to be sponsored to ride. I'm like, what the hell is this? So it's funny to watch them clean up. They cleaned up their social media and stuff. And I'm like, listen, I'm like, I don't want to take away the hardcore edge from anything. I'm like, but there's a certain boundary, you know, and I would be the first one to cross it ages ago. But I'm like, listen, I get it now. You want respect for what you're doing. Then. You got to treat it like semi-Switzerland. You can still be hardcore, but, you know, let your riding speak for itself. Let your advocacy speak for itself. You don't need, you know, some of these antics. You don't need to share everything in your life on social media. (laughs) And it helped because I literally, I mean, we had some guys that were so good. When we would try to get kids sponsorships, they're like, listen, the companies are like, if this kid is cleaned up, like, I feel like he's a loose cannon. You know, you, I can't, we can't have people following his page, you know, and even if he started another athlete's page, they're going to find his other page. We can't have the stuff on there. So these have got to delete it or start fresh or do whatever. He's like, because you just can't have it. And it's amazing now how many sponsors look at that stuff. Because I tell you what, besides being a good writer, if you don't have something on your resume, when you hand it out that says what you're going to do for that sponsor, dude, you're, you're already done, you know? Yep. And like us, like we have kids that we get product for and these kids, don't know anything they're just starting from scratch but as they start to do demos and stuff i'm like all right i'm like you guys now have some marketability because you're doing demos and you're part of this nonprofit program spreading a pretty positive message so carry this with you and the more you progress the more we'll bump you up and so you know i mean we would get stuff from you know gt dk i mean they were giving kids whole bikes inviting them down to the headquarters letting them ride all this stuff so it was cool. And these kids felt some type of responsibility for what they were going to do. And they would make them work even harder because, you know, they're like, Oh man, I'm sponsored. Like, look at this, I'm getting stuff. It's not coming out of my pocket anymore. And that's a pretty big thing. And it's cool to offer kids that opportunity and be able to progress kids. Like, you know, like, like our guy that works at the shop, Dave Lee, it was cool through some of the um, context that we made in the industry to help get him noticed and go on because 
he was just a stellar talent, you know, and you know, it's just a matter of time before some of these kids go, they just need maybe a little bit of polishing or a little bit of push or just a little bit more confidence to believe that they can hang with these other guys that they keep watching in videos or magazines, you know? So it's, uh, it's been cool in that aspect to see kids progression. I mean, I look at the kids that we have working at Woodward and I see the riding and how stoked they are at night riding with the kids and the campers when normally they just be hanging out. I'm like, dude, I'm like, that's what's cool. I'm like, they're done with their whole day of riding, but yet you have all those kids out there again, pushing it at night, just like slaying new tricks and stuff. So always cool to see everyone's progression. I, I can't like, I can't say enough about what you're doing. Just, you know, having talked to you the other night now talking to you more now, it's just, you know, you're building people. You're not, you're not necessarily, you know, it, on the outside for someone who doesn't really know it might be action sports. Right. And you're teaching skills. You're really building people and community and, and that's awesome. So like huge shout out for that. I, I wish we had, um, I wish I had that when I was a kid. I mean, I grew up, I mean, I think I started riding a, I had a, like an 87 KX60 when I was like six. And I used to have to like get on a stump to get on the thing and then like <laughs> hope I didn't have to put my foot down. And, um, yeah, it like doing that in the neighborhood with all the kids and then BMX and then mountain biking in my teens. And unfortunately, you know, my teens were insane. I was just a nutcase and I got away from it all. And um, I just picked it back up mountain biking in, in November last year. And it, it, it's been awesome. Like totally changed my life. I, I have a five-year-old daughter. I got her trying to get her off the training wheels now so she can get out with us. And, and I'm involved in our local trail organization and, and trying to get back where I can and meet new people. And it, it's just, you know, but for me, if, if someday I could do what you're doing and, and like give back to younger kids, that's what it's all about. Like giving back. Right. And, and expecting nothing in return other than, like you said, don't be a right. right. That, that's it. It's and awesome. cool anybody can do that. Like any one person can go to a mountain bike association, a park and be like, Hey, I want to, I, I really love mountain biking. I want to be involved in this. I want to do a skills camp. And we taught skills camps with nothing more than a couple skinnies that we would bring that we made that you could pull out a couple little rollers, maybe some jumps, some cones to practice turning skills with. And you can do that and set it up anywhere. And that's how we did it until we got the communities to buy in and build us bike parks to do this at. And that's how it all progressed. But the cool thing is one person can make a giant difference, yep. you know, all it takes one person. So you don't have to wait for anything. You can always just go out and do it. You know, and it's cool when a lot of people see older adults do it. And then when you tell people like, hey, I just picked up, picked this up like less than a year ago. Dude, that's insane. And as a lot of people coming in that are looking for something else, when you get a lot of people like, listen, I'm burned out. I'm going to the gym all the time. What can I do? Or what can I do during the months when the weather's not shitty? Like we're here. So we have four months where the weather is horrible, you know, or cold enough that riding's not enjoyable, you know, and you need something to do. So I get it. I can. I can hit the gym a little bit, but to be able to go out and ride my bike, that keeps me sane. It keeps me in shape. I'd be 300 pounds right now if it wasn't for riding my bike, you know? Yeah. So it's cool. And a lot of people will see that and latch on because the amount of people that come in the bike shop 
that look at mountain bikes and they're like, oh yeah, that's too rough for me. I don't think I can do that. I'm like, listen, we have the easiest trail system known to man. We will take you out personally and ride it. In fact, when what's really cool with us is we used to always have a ton of demo mountain bikes. So I would tell people, I'm like, listen, come and get a bike, take it out, see if you like it. Just, you know, test the waters. We'll go out with you. You know, we'll go out and show you. We'll give you a little camp first, show you some skills take it on the part you know, so you don't get lost in the trails because they may not know the lay of the land. And that helped not only sell a ton of bikes, but get them and their family involved, which is cool because sometimes if the parents are involved, the kids are like, all right, this is pretty sweet. I want to do this too, but I need my parents to buy in because the bikes aren't cheap. You yep. know, it's hard to be, you know, at a young age, if you're going to get a mountain bike, I mean, you got to spend close to 900 bucks to get something that's trail worthy. So it's not blowing up on you. But how do you figure that out? So your local bike shop's a great source, especially if they offer, you know, if they offer a mountain bike demo, it's killer. And a lot of times if you're willing to lead rides on trails through a bike shop and they have a demo program, a lot of times you can get them to either give them a super discounted rate on the demo, or sometimes they'll just give it to you because they're like, all right, cool. If these couple people like it, they're probably going to come in and buy bikes, you know? And then a lot of those bike shops, like we started doing that. And a lot of those bike shops, like we give our ambassadors, we get them bikes, we get them bikes at cost or, and we're like, sweet, you're like a ride ambassador for us. This is invaluable. Let's go. But a lot of bike shops don't have the manpower to have that or the time to do it because they're working at the shop all the time. Right. So to come into some of these shops as an ambassador or a ride ambassador, you really open it up for not only yourself, but, you know, to get other people involved. So you can be a catalyst for the sport. And you can keep pumping your own stoke, but now here you can help pad yourself by getting either stuff at a discount or giving to you for free. You do that for a year and you're ready to send sponsors to companies because companies love that. I mean, as much as it's cool to be racing on a circuit in a series, guess what? Doing that at a shop gives you more exposure than some of those pros get, you know, because you are affecting sales right on the line in your local market and it can be quantified by that shop. You know, yep. like we quantify how many bikes our ride leaders and stuff sell and stuff. And it's, it's pretty amazing. When I started doing those camps, like our mountain bike sales shot up. We, we're in an area where we have like five freaking bike shops, you know, we're totally inundated and we're not the closest to the mountain bike trails, but we hands down do the most mountain bike sales out of any shop in this area, you know, and it's relentless. And it's because we're doing programming at, you know, every trail or bike area there, or we're responsible for helping have those come to fruition and people get that. So you can 100%, I mean, everybody on this call and everybody listening to this call can be a catalyst, you know, in that same way and help yourself, you know? Yeah, most definitely. It's just really the, the, the drive and how much you put into it as to the result that you're, or the ROI or return and investment that you're going to get out of it. So you, my friend, have put in quite a bit of time. Maybe you need a little bit. That'll be all right. Hmm. Maybe I need a little bit of this. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys got going there? Right now we got a, we're doing a little Sandusky flag, a local cocky little Asian guy beer right here, and then some Stone Tangerine Express IPA. I'm trying to keep a light on him so he doesn't go like over the double IPA. In. We don't want. To crazy. <laughs> That's a pretty good one though. I'll sleep nice tonight. That's right. <laughs> Good. <laughs> what else? What else do you want to know? Um, I mean, we talked a lot about the organization. Um, you know, the right direction and the nonprofit. Like, 
we talked a little bit about your riding career. I mean, right now, current day, what's, you know, what's your go-to? What do you enjoy most? And, you know, riding wise. So my days typically start out getting up in the morning, you know, like quarter seven, jumping on my road bike and getting, getting like a good 20 or 25 miles in just to kind of get the blood going. Roll the bike shop work. Um, we try to get out to the mountain bike trails whenever we can um, and lead rides. And I'm doing, I'm doing skills camps probably hmm, call it four times a month, almost every week. We do these Monday meetups where we have people come up and I teach them whatever skill they want. And then I have structured camps on Sundays where it's like, Hey, you're going to learn these two skills this time. And it's split up between adults and kids. So I love riding my, I love riding my mountain bike. It's obviously probably my first love. Um, and it's cool because I still, I still have those trials and street routes. So I, I like when I'm riding trails sometimes to go out with a couple guys and just session stuff. Like we'll just hit obstacles and, hit them like trials bikes or try different things on the jumps or go to the skills park and do different things. And, um, I still love going out, um, in the evening and, you know, hitting the skate park, riding street, doing that kind of stuff, but on my mountain bike, just a bigger bike. So, you know, I'm basically on a hardtail right now. I kind of stepped away from a full suspension bike for a little bit to get back on the hardtail. Cause it's a one bike I can do everything with, but, you know, really dig that scene. You know, I see myself, still keeping that balance between like road cycling just to kind of stay in the mix. And, you know, so I'm fresh on the mountain bike and can get going, but I really dig, uh, I really dig the mountain bike. I love building them. I love going to the nth degree, getting stuff really dialed in on the bikes. I'm not really that worried about weight, but strength and design are cool. So I typically have my frames built for me. So I, the last couple of bikes I've had like Brad Bingham from Bingham built make us tie frames. And I kind of, I would pick my own geometry. I don't like the real crazy slacked out stuff because we're in the East coast. So everything's more technical. So while everybody's going to like 65 degree head angles and 64 degree head angles, I'm knocking mine back to like 68 and some of the travel on my bikes, like, you know, everything here is kind of flow traily. So, you know, 120 travel forks, I'll knock my forks down. So the bike wrist handles really well. Um, it's real responsive and I'll, I'll kind of go that route. So my bikes are a little bit different. They're set up more, more street and techie, I guess. But I love that kind of riding. I have a question. Yeah. <laughs> How long can you hold a wheelie? Um, <laughs> I can ride wheelie forever. So <laughs> I was, I was uh, right, right after the Olympics, we went to the BTS running track. And I rode a wheelie and I rode it for seven miles before I let it down. My hands oh, cramped up. It was on a specialized stump jumper. And uh, yeah, I mean, once you learn how to ride a wheelie, it's, uh, it's super comfortable because you're back straight up and down and you just kind of feather your brakes. So once you get that balance point and then once you wheelie, you're a manual king or queen because once you have that balance point, it's over. So yeah, sitting down wheelies, Once you can teach someone to do it, they can do it for a while. When we do these wheelie camps, it's amazing how quick people will pick it up. What's your longest wheelie? Mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> a longest wheelie would be a no. No, I, no. I, no. Yeah, I just can't you, get them. <laughs> I bet you a couple seconds. In one hour, I could, I could have you wheeling. 
Sounds yeah. like you need to make a trip up too. Sounds yep. like it, yeah. <laughs> you wanna you wanna leave all that sweet weather down there and those are probably <laughs> a special uh, dude where's my NAR all things mountain bike camp with uh, no we Ooh. could do that. We asked yeah. yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. And the place where we do some of our camps has tree houses, has a, a restaurant and bar going in on the property across from a skills course and 12 and a half miles of trails. <laughs> we could totally light it up. That would be a blast. Yeah. I think I could see some really cool t-shirt designs and stuff for that. We can make it pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For sure. Yeah. It would be well, I guess I, I have a question then. Um, so I know you're like, sounds like you're super busy with the bike shop and with a nonprofit. Um, do you have any like bucket list rides that you're like possibly looking forward to or anything like that? Um. You know, it's crazy because when I was riding the Norba circuit, I, I rode all the cool trails I wanted. When I was when I was in college, man, I wanted like all I could think about was I want to go to Moab and ride Slick Rock. Uh, like I feel like that's a giant skate park and it melts everything. Like I have to go there. So I remember when I finally got there, I was like, I was like a kid in a candy store, but I was almost upset because when I got there, I, I figured Moab was going to be gigantic, right? Slick Rock area, and it's pretty. It was pretty small, yeah. but it was. It was insane. So it was cool to go to all these other places and ride and check it out. There's, uh, I mean, we're, we're around so many badass trails around here. Michigan has some pretty epic stuff that almost gets, you know, a little British Columbia as you go way up into Michigan. So Copper Harbor is sick, and I've been there to ride a couple of times, and that place is baller. But we have yeah. DTE out here. I mean, we have guys that take care of their trails, and they're maintained to the nth degree. So I don't know that I have really any spots that I'm like snapping to ride at. Cause I'm pretty, I'm pretty content with the stuff that we have around here, which is cool. I think, uh, I think the stuff that I'm always more stoked for is, you know, some of the people we have around us as they see some of the stuff that I was pumped on and, and I, you get to watch them do it. That's what's kind of cool. I'm always amped for other people to go to some of these places when we go. And honestly, like, I get pumped. Like we do these Sunday fun day rides, like where we'll have people come up and we just like meet at my house and like go ride campus. And I'm like, all right, you're going to ride down these stairs. You're going to jump off this loading dock or you're going to do this. And they're like, there's no way I can do this. I'm like, yeah, you can do this. We're going to do it. And you show them these little things, you know, and it's semi controlled because it's just concrete stuff and it's not that big, but you're doing it. And people, you watch their confidence build from like, this is what I'm not doing it. I can't do it. I'm doing it. This is amazing. I want to do more. And you just see like the, you know, the excuso meter go up as they're doing it. And then <laughs> they get pumped. That's, that's kind of like what I have gotten jazzed about. And from an early age to now, cause I was always stoked to have somebody else like the stuff that I liked. Um, but now it's just cool. I love watching people progress. I love all the sports progressions. I love seeing kids not want to quit or adults not wanting to quit or start and then see it through. You know, so that's, that's like what I get stoked on. And I really get pumped on when we start projects, seeing it to the end. Like, I love when we're like, Hey, someone's like, let's do a bike park. I'm like, right, let's do it. Like, where do you want to do it? Who do you know? Who do we have to get in front of? Let's figure this out. So it's cool to get these projects opened up because you've created like another center for people to get introduced to it that may not have ever done it. We built that bike park. There were girls out there 
in the wintertime, probably improperly dressed in like pajamas when it's like 40 degrees outside, riding a cruiser bike around this pump track and like hammering through. And I'm like, what's going on? And all these kids would caught on these jank bikes. And we started, we started giving them bikes. We started getting bikes donated and giving them bikes. So they had it so they could actually, you know, get after it, maybe a little safer. But these were kids that would never have been exposed to it. And now like are into it. I mean, I watched this girl come out one time during COVID and she must've come out for an hour of pop, would maybe get cold, go back in, get warm, come back out like three times in the day. And I'm like, what's going on? I'd be, you're whoop. You ride a pump track. It is beating your ass. You know, it's, like, it's insane. And you're not pedaling. Right. But when you do it, you understand. It's like, it's like you just did a bunch of rows and you're bench pressing and your thighs, like leg presses. Right. It is nuts. And I'll do like maybe two laps, totally gassed. And you watch like these little kids go through and like, it was like my 17th time. Check it out. You know, <laughs> just ripping through. <laughs> so, it's cool to see. You're like, shit, those kids would have never gotten that workout sitting at home, you know, doing nothing, playing video games or, who knows what they were doing. So that's what, uh, that's kind of more on my bucket list now is what, what can we do? How many people can we get involved and really what impact, what impact can we make as we go? You know? And that's, that's kind of like what I'm stoked on. That's my bucket list. Keep on going. Yeah, yeah nice. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess that kind of leads us into the, our big question that we ask everyone. Um, Basically, we're asking everyone a, a summary of like why they ride. You know, if you can why? summarize that specifically, like sure. why you ride. Yeah. So I think a lot of people feel the same way, but depending on what I'm riding and where I'm riding, sometimes it's just like you're your own psychiatrist. Like it's your time to kind of think, and let it go and just kind of figure it out, work things out. Other times it's to, it's to ride and push the boundaries and maybe do something you haven't done before mm-hmm. and kind of slink it. So it's cool. I always think when I ride, it's almost like uh, a reflection of my own personality. Like, what am I going to do? Am I feeling aggressive today? You know, do I feel like kind of working this out? Is there something bugging me? Am I stressed about anything? Let's go for a ride and let's figure this out. Or let's get some people going and I just want to push what I can do or I can't wait to hit this new feature. It's almost like when, you know, when I was little, I loved, when I learned new tricks, I'm like, I'm doing this ever. When I learn how to bunny hop, I'm bunny hopping everything. You know, <laughs> when really, I'm like, holy shit, I'm wheeling everywhere. We will go do, so we do these rides at the bike shop called Slow Rolls. And it's like a zillion people show up. We have like 150 people show up. We have people playing live music, being towed by a bicycle on a little trailer. <laughs> I will take that out of the bike shop and I will rip wheelies through almost the entire five mile thing because it's fun. And you're like, shit, I feel like I'm like a 15 year old kid just kind of pumping around. And then to go to the skate park and do that stuff. Sometimes I think it's cool just to say, I can do some of the stuff that I did, you know, 20 years ago, it's still fun, but just the ability to get on your bike. I remember when I was riding freestyle and I kept breaking my ankles and doing stuff. And I remember I sat down one day and I was like, like heartbroken. I'm like, all right. I mean, I had tears in my eyes. I'm like, you know, I'm probably not going to be able to ride past like 21. I'm like, this is, this is going to end. And you know, when mountain biking came, it just rekindled that whole thing and I could just push it in a different way. So you, you know, in my mind, it was awesome because I'm like, all right, for a while I had this weird mental block that I couldn't ride at this level. Well, maybe I can't ride that particular style at that level, but I can move on to the next thing. 
which mountain biking was the progression. So to me, it's just, you know, it's like a way of life. Like you, you're always stoked to like, when's the next ride or when are we going to do the next event and stuff? Um, so for me, it's a, it's a total state of mind and I love to kind of push the boundaries of what I can do. Obviously now I'm older, so it's within reason, right? Like I'm not like, we're not like, Hey, can we jump the loading dock and clear this gap and get over the rail or whatever? So it's, it's a little bit more mellower than some do now, but you know, I mean, you don't pump a stoke for everybody else, but right. for me, I'm just as pumped riding now as I was back then. Like the feeling I get riding and doing stuff, you know, you almost give yourself goosebumps. You get amped when you, you do stuff and everybody that rides know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like when you learn a new trick and you finally get it smooth and you're like, shit, this isn't as hard as what I thought. I worked it out and figured it out and now I have it. And that's what, that's what I ride for all the time. If I'm on my road bike riding, I'm like, sweet, maybe I can go a little bit faster or maybe I can control my heart rate a little bit better. Um, and like with your mountain bike, it's, you know, it's going to different trails and trying different things, hanging out with different people, but that's why I ride. You can say the whole family, right? I ride for the family of cycling and everything that it's in encapsulated with it you know you never stop meeting friends and meeting new people riding your bike and going to events and stuff like that and whether you're a serious competitor competitor or you're just an advocate or you just like the sport there's a place for everyone which is really neat you know so that's what i like about it it's it's not a sport where it's difficult to get into you know, or get into these events. Anybody can go to a mountain bike race. Anybody can go to a local trail and ride. Anybody can meet up with groups and every area has groups. You know, I remember going to Florida and I was amazed. I'm like, there's no trails in Florida. I'm like, that place is just flat and sandy. And then Ray and those guys, (laughs) Hey, we have Ocala. And I'm like, what the hell is this? I'm like, how is there, where's this boulder from? And how is there any photography? I'm like, what the hell's going on? I'm like, is this a wall ride? And I have to flip out there. I'm like, this is insane. It was the most mind-blowing thing I've ever seen besides going out west. Like, you know, I went there. I'm like, there's nothing here. There's going to be nothing here. And then they turned us on to that. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Did you ever go to Alafaya? No. Oh, my gosh. I just went to Ocala. That was the only spot that no. I hit. Oh, well, you yeah. need to... I don't know, do something to go to Alafaya. <laughs> yeah, I've only seen photos. I've never, I've never, I haven't been there yet. And, and my dad lives in Florida, but I just haven't been down there. I, if I went down, I'd have to go down and probably rent a bike and check something out. But yeah, that could be on my bucket list right there. You know, got to visit the, Got to visit the dad down there and check it out. So it could be a good gig. Maybe I'll be looking you up. Yeah, for sure. I'll show you, you know, around. We'll check out some of those badass bike graphics you're doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I guess we're just oh, over wait. an hour. Um, mm-hmm. One more thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, uh, hey, you, okay, you mentioned something about Biketoberfest. Can you talk yeah. more about it? Uh, So we do a fundraiser for ourselves, for our program, the right direction every year. And it's basically to raise money for our liability insurance coverage so that we can run our program each year. And basically we do it at the Metro parks 
Beach Ridge area, we have this wheelhouse that's really cool. It's got like leather couches, tables and stuff in it. It's right across from our skills park. Um, it's basically like a giant cycling expo where we have companies come out, bike shops. Um, we do rides. We have like a 52 mile epic mountain bike ride that we do in the morning. We leave rides all day. Local breweries show up with their beer. We have food trucks. We have food. We have plenty of cool auction items. Like this year we're doing, we're doing a really sweet stay in Bentonville with like a sleeps a 12 person house at Bentonville. So you can go, but uh, we have a bunch of cool art pieces like stained glass, reclaimed bike park pieces, um, stuff from Cannondale and salsa. Um, we have so much cool stuff. We're giving away, we're doing, we're auctioning off like GT bicycles, um, a bunch of neat stuff, but it's cool. You can come hang out, ride, eat food, have beer, hot water, Gatorade, all that good stuff. We have a ton of TRD merchandise there. So we kind of save up all our kind of badass designs for this. And we do, you know, we usually do like hoodies and windbreakers, hats, t-shirts, like silly pine glasses, all this stuff. So it's just a fun time. If you, if uh, anyone's in the area and they're interested, if they go to the right direction youth development program on Facebook and like that, um, we have event flyers on there. And also I believe it's on our Instagram page, which is the underscore right underscore direction. Um, and you can see everything there. We're also doing a, a VIP event the 25th, which is the night before it's a six o'clock night mountain bike ride. And then, uh, it's called, uh, pedals, pies and pints. So it's like a ride beer, ride food and beer and, uh, pizza. So that's pretty cool. We're doing it with heavy beer company. They're going to be taking over the wheelhouse. And uh, now when you're done riding the trail, you'll be able to have like beer cocktails and some food. And uh, if people are staying at the tree houses, they'll be able to get exposed to that too. So it's pretty neat. So we do that every year. We usually draws anywhere. Last time we did it, it drew 800 people. The time before that it was 600 people. Every time we do it, we gain a few hundred people. Um, so it's just a cool event. It really looks like the weather's going to be good this year, like in the seventies. So it's just a cool, you know, it's almost, it's turning into a bike festival is really what it is. So like it. it's, it's fun. If anyone's up in this area, you want to come check it out. It's a, it's a good time. Cool. Nice. I wish the best for you and the, the group and the fundraising and, you know, getting the funds that you guys need. I know that's important to you guys. Yeah, it's good. And we, and we always have, we have like donate buttons on our page. What's really cool about our program is nobody gets compensated in our program. Like nobody gets paid. Like I'm executive director, you know, we're a program that nobody's taking a cut. We may reimburse the kids for gas and stuff when they're towing ramps and stuff around, but everything we have goes towards equipment for the kids. I mean, obviously first it goes towards our liability insurance, but then the rest goes towards helmet and safety gear and, you know, jerseys and kits for kids, um, equipment, things like that. So it's pretty neat if you donate to our program to see everything going back. And people that donate can even dictate where they want it to go to. They can put it out there and say, hey, I really love what you're doing with mountain biking. I want this to go towards a mountain bike program or the wakeboard program or the motocross, you know. So it's pretty neat. We're, we're pretty lucky to have what we have. And it's cool that everybody that's involved with the program does it on a volunteer basis because – it's just, it's just super easy that way. And it's cool to see the give back and nobody has, you know, ulterior motives in our program. It's not like other programs where you're like, Hey, seven cents of your dollar goes towards, you know, this, because 
Johnny's got to make a six million dollar salary at the Red Cross or whatever. Is so really going towards that. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> it, it's it's pretty neat that we do it like that. So it's fun and it allows us to help other community entities out. Like we did a fundraiser this year for the local police um, to get help their bike division. You know, they would bring their bikes into the shop and we're like, dude, these are complete heaps. Like you got to get new equipment. And they're like, we don't have the money to do it. So I'm like, all right, how can we help? So we organized with like big brothers and big sisters and us and, you know, maybe one of the local churches, whoever gave us the property to do it. And we did like an event with fire and police and we would have the police square off against each other with skills competitions where they had to pick <laughs> it in. and then we would let the kids go through the same obstacle course on bikes and uh like the community would rally up and do like bake sales and stuff and all the all the proceeds would go towards it it was pretty awesome this is the first year we did it for the one police department and we raised like over two grand it covered all the new bikes they wanted to get plus more so it's really neat to help us be when we can be a catalyst for other things and recognize that hey someone needs help what can we do i mean i remember we did this and within one month we got everything done, did the fundraiser, gave him the cash, and it was, you know, super cool. Did a slow roll when we were done, got everybody riding with the police. So we were really trying to help everyone kind of be like, you know what, please get a hard rap. Let's get all the kids together and the parents and have the police lead a ride through the community, and then let's have some fun interaction with them. So it was pretty cool. It gave kids another view of, like, what the police and firemen do in the area, and you know, a better outlook on it, but it's cool that we can do that stuff. And the, and the less we have to worry about ever raising money for us, the more we can help us push it out to other people within the community. So, so this fundraiser helps out a lot. That's great. Yeah. Well, we well I'll, I'll say if you're ever out and I know you, I think you said you had some friends and family in Massachusetts. If you're ever out here, hit me up. Oh yeah. At some point I'll be out there. My niece just had uh a baby. So at some point I'll be out there and I'll be in nice. Florida. But my dad's been out there for a while and I haven't been out to see him, but this might be the, this might be the fall. I go out or the winter. I go out and see him. Well, so I got to find a way to break up the weather out here in the winter time. Yeah. You, you don't help. You don't help in Boston. because <laughs> No, not at all. Or, you know. <laughs> so, but Florida in the wintertime, I can, I can do that. that. Florida in the summertime, I have a hard time with that. It's like so flipping hot. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's next level. <laughs> yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. But no, it was cool. I appreciate you guys having me on the show. I'm, I'm pumped. We appreciate. Hey, thank it. you, honestly. Yeah, thanks. It, it was awesome. Yeah, and if anyone else has anything else they'd like to plug before we wrap it up, go right ahead. Nothing. I got nothing too. <laughs> I think so. I don't think I have any. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, I guess uh, that's a wrap. Thanks for everyone listening and hanging out with us tonight. Yeah. So, um, actually, I do have stuff. Um, it, when this, when we post this in the group, dude, where's my NAR? All things MTB on Facebook. We'll throw a link to you know the right direction. Dawn's Instagram kind of all that. So you can go check out what they're doing. 
Uh, we'll try to get a link in there for Oktoberfest so you can check that out. We're hoping to drop this thing before the end of this week. And you have no idea what I'm talking about because you don't know what day it is right now on this recording. <laughs> but um, <laughs> like, I don't know, like week of like 920-ish roughly, um, September 20th. But um, yeah, we'll throw all that in there so you can check it out. And obviously if you're local to Ohio, right. Or surrounding areas and you haven't been exposed to what Don's doing and, you know, kids or whatever, like reach out, like hit them up. It, like if I was close, I would love to get my daughter involved or, you know, yeah, it's just definitely it's a place awesome. to get them, uh, that, that sparks that you, that, that they're, they may have been looking for the spark that they were missing, uh, and it's just all around good for their, you know, their upcoming as an adult because it's just much more than writing. So, and if anybody wants to reach out, like if they message me on the Right Direction Youth Development Program, that that goes right to me, so I'll see it. Me or my media director will. Um, I think there's also a website you can just hit the email and that goes directly to me too. But there's plenty of ways to reach out to us. But if you follow our social media, everything we do is on it and always posted. So nice. It's always a good reference to see what's happening across the board. Yeah, man. Mm -hmm. Great stuff. All Cheers. Right. Thanks, Don. <laughs> thanks, everyone. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. Bye, guys. Bye.